Welcome to the Fanatical L Show, part of the L Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves, part of the Fanatical Elves Network, and I'm your uh, host tonight, or collaborator, uh, John Suchan, along with Elliot, the Village Elliot, and Steve Gill. Welcome, Elliot. How are you this evening? Oh, just outstanding. Thank you, John. I hope you are the same. Trying to be. It's a Thursday night. It's 7 o'clock Eastern, and we are getting closer to that wonderful holiday in the middle of the summer that we all celebrate America, July 4th. So we have started here, actually did a little bit of um, preliminary uh, recipe cooking. You know, I have this new stadium mustard show, part of our network, and uh, created another masterful um, food item that we're going to share on our next uh, show here probably on Saturday and uh, just finished doing that and I can't wait to talk about it we even have pictures and uh, let me just say it was delicious and if you're a Clevelander you will love this item so oh, Elliot okay. is it yes. corned beef sandwiches I'm from Cleveland and man we're, yes is it well no it's, it's no it's it's not corned beef this time but but you are on your 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 warm yeah yeah okay well you know, in Cleveland, we're all honorary Central Europeans, you know, so we like stuff that comes from like Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia and places like that and has sauerkraut and stuff. And that that's kind of uh, comfort food, football related. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Like yes. it. Yes. Thank you. And I miss, I want to share this out too, just before I move on to you, Steve, and welcome you, that my, my cousin, Chris, wonderful, you know, my got these great cousins up there in Northeastern Ohio, up there in uh, Euclid and up there along the lake. And uh, Chris reminded me on, on the photo I put out there on social media, it was not stadium mustard. It was the original ballpark mustard. And actually there Bertman's, are, I thought. it was Bertman's ballpark mustard. And I did a little bit of research on that with the stadium mustard and how the stadium mustard came along from a guy that used to work for Bertman's and that actually it was used. It's been primarily used at the stadiums, but when I took the photo, it was Bertman's ballpark. So even though we're calling the show stadium mustard, the stadium mustard show, uh, I do want to give claim to Bertman's ballpark mustard. There, 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 there you go. Well, if you do that, then he'll sue you for copyright. So, yeah, don't use it. Yeah, name. exactly. Come on. It's like calling all tissues Kleenex. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, call it the tissues show. Steve, how yeah, are you tissues. down there? Dog pound south? Yeah. Doing excellent. Uh, speaking of Cleveland recipes, and by the way, I do have a bottle of stadium mustard in my fridge, so even though I, I live in Nashville. Always got to have it. Uh, my wife, in honor of the show tonight, made um, brats and sauerkraut and pierogies. Oh, we'll be we'll be right down. We'll be right down. Did you see did you, <laughs> on my initial show, Stadium Mustard? I did talk after the break about how, like you just said, Steve, it is mandatory if you are a Cleveland you fan. Have to. You have to. Have you to. have to have the bottle of Stadium Mustard. My cousins and my uncle in Kansas, in Wichita, where I lived for twenty five years. They would they would order several you know bottles of it and have it stored, you know, so they could always have one in the refrigerator at all times. Well, when I was president of the Middle Tennessee Browns Packers, we always gave away a bottle at halftime. Yes, it's become a tradition. In so Excellent. much as people get anxious in the crowd and go, "What about the mustard?" Right, and like, it's one of the big prizes, and it's you know it's a yeah, free raffle ticket and. People go crazy when they win a bottle of uh, stadium mustard. Mm -hmm. Gotta have it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to uh, give also shout out to my dad uh, before we get started here. Um, 
I was recently on a radio show called VoiceCore.org, which is a great organization. They do radio for the blind community um, here in Central Central Ohio, and I was happened to be on one of their sports programming uh, a couple of weekends ago. And uh, my my dad wanted to point this out because you know he listens to all of our podcasts, and he he said that I sounded Hi, much. Yes, he said I sounded much more calm and um, uh, uh, not not uh, excitable like I am right now. So <laughs> yeah. we'll have to do something about that. That's right. Yeah, That's we right. just got done talking about stadium mustard. So I know it's exciting. Excited. Calm down. Yeah, okay. Well, I also want to give a shout out too. If you notice, I'm not wearing my brown stuff tonight. I'm actually wearing my new. This is our my new school. I'm working through uh, Licking Heights, the Hornets. So excited to be working with them this year. So uh, that's thus the uh, okay. the attire tonight. But you guys okay. are all wearing your brown stuff. So I like your outfit, Elliot. And Steve, you got your hat on there. What of color? Um, okay. Well, one of many. Be, um, what, maroon? And it looks like a light green. Is that right? Or what color? It's a yellow. It's a uh, maroon and like golden, like golden. Yellow. Oh, okay. Golden yellow. Okay. Yeah. So, so maroon and gold. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. My yeah. my uh, visual has a little bit too much green in it. So, but okay. Th then it would be cool. Then you'd be the green hornets. That, that would be cool. the green. There you go. Ah. But okay. But yellow hornets is okay. All right. We so like I, the hornets. What, Steve? Nothing. Okay. I was going to make a bad joke with the uh, name Cato, but never mind. <laughs> All right, so we are rolling, rolling, rolling. By the way, we are the Fanatical Elves Network, and we appreciate you listening or watching us here on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, again, you can follow the show at Elves Network on Twitter and all these other platforms. We love uh, getting extra followers. We have our giveaway tonight. We have more stuff we're giving away. We gave our, uh, our license plate to a great guy out there in California. It's, being, it's in process of being shipped out there right now. So he's excited to get that, and we're going to be giving out some more gifts here in a little bit. So Brown's coming up with training camp. <clears throat> and uh, expectations kind of leading up to that. And what are your expectations there? And, you know, there's been, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, getting prepped. So let's start with you down there, Elliot. Um, what are your expectations just kind of going into training camp after mini camp? And what are you initially – looking at. And also I want to give a shout out to you. You wrote a, I think it was you that wrote a, a wonderful piece today on dog pound daily. Go check that out. Dog pound daily. Elliot Cannell wrote a piece about the Browns running back room, despite having Nick Chubb, who's an elite runner, your, your, the, the title might be a little um, uh, catch your eye about it not being an elite group but i uh, wanted to hear about that and about your expectations for spring uh for i only read the title yeah by, yeah what is the title anyway i didn't uh, uh you know we don't always the in, the in title, this business though you don't always get to choose the yes uh, title you know just because but, you're a writer you don't have control over that i'll look that i'll look that up while I, you i wanted um, to pick the most uh controversial title Possible Cleveland Browns one. Cleveland Browns rushing attack is way overrated. Way All right, yeah, overrated. I chose that. I, you know, why I did that, John, and it was because of you. I told Randy that I was jealous of you because you got all that attention from Miles Garrett, and so I said, you know, I said in the article that Nick Chubb is the top running back in the NFL. Did yes. I say one bad thing about Nick Chubb? No, no. But I did say bad things about running back number two, three, and four. That all told combined, they have 41 net yards rushing in their careers. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, just because you have the best running back in football does not mean that you have an elite running back program or, you know, that the game, right. the running game is not there. Right. You need more than one running back. And, um, uh, but I'm <laughs> I'm predicting that there'll be all kinds of Twitter hate uh, just because I. You know, I didn't I know if you were already getting. I didn't huh? know if you were already getting. I didn't know if you. Oh, were I hope getting so. I, I'm John. I'm so jealous of you. You got all this attention because of uh, Miles Garrett. Even though you you know, love Miles Garrett, <laughs> and I think I even up. said that. Yeah, he's not you know, a, a leader, quote unquote leader, like what do we expect for him to do anyway, run for president? 
But, uh, you know, like I, I, I think if he challenges uh, Donald Trump for the Republican nomination, he will not get it. That's my prediction for Miles Garrett. Now, feel free to disagree if you want. But Miles Garrett is not going to beat Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. So, what if Besides, he names Nick? Thirty-five what if years he names old. Nick Chubb as his running mate. <laughs> well, then he might have a shot at it. But so, yeah, I, I do believe so, Nick yeah. Chubb is the number one running back in the NFL. That is my opinion. Mm -hmm. He has the greatest running ability. Plus, he can block. He can mm -hmm. do everything. He hasn't been asked to catch passes that much, but I'm. I believe that he does have that skill, and yeah. he will use it this season. Um, but I think that the rest of the running back room is unproven. And, uh, you know, 41 yards. I thought, well, and I thought, Ellie, um, the, Joel had a good take on his – he had an interesting scenario, and maybe, Steve, you, you've talked about this too. Um, his take was the, the battle for that number three running back spot. We talked about Demetric Felton, but he was bringing up Elijah Moore and he, his question on his show, what the elf was that was, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a wide receiver who could then also play uh, in the backfield on some gadget plays as their third running back? Or would you rather have a running back Demetric Felton then go out and catch passes? And Elliot's uh, I'm sorry, Joel's take on it was that he'd prefer to have, Elijah Moore. And then that that's really one of the battles that we're going to watch during this um, training camp. Well, why not? I mean, yeah. Demetri Felton was listed as a wide receiver last year. Why not have Elijah Moore listed as a running back? That's no, pretty clever. He listed as a running back. Think about it. Yes. And I but hadn't really thought you, about it. If you, if you think about it, that would allow them to keep seven wide receivers and act six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I, I don't see any problem with that. But I, but I, I do think. But however, you better have Felton, a good running back on the practice squad, ready to Felton go. Felton was That's listed as a running back, but he only had one carry last season for the whole yeah. year, I believe. Yeah. I mean, Ellie. I mean, Joel. Joel was suggesting that you could stick Demetric Felton on that practice squad for at least a little bit of time during the season and get him there without other teams. He, he would not be claimed, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think he could be put on the practice squad. Now, whether he would uh, sign with the Browns is not clear. He might feel that he has a better chance with some other team. But yeah, exactly. I think the, the fifty-three other... player squad—you go with the fifty-three most talented players. You don't just start putting people on the squad because oh, we need four running backs, so let's go with four. Yeah, well, I see, think now that's yeah, a good—that's exactly. a good point. That's a really good point. Yep. I, like I, that. I think, yeah, these these guys would be in trouble. But I also think that the Browns uh, have some uh, uh, undrafted free agents that could emerge at the running back position oh, that yeah, could I surprise. Agree. You know, they have some guys that didn't play for good teams in college, did not post uh -huh. statistics, but they were uh, pro day wonders. You know, they put up really good 40-yard dash times and, Mm -hmm. Three cone drills, they excelled at, and they mm -hmm. jumped out of their shoes for the broad jump, and they really look like they're premier athletes. So there's a chance yeah. that they could, you know, pull a rabbit out of their hat and find somebody. Uh, you know, yeah. anybody with a uniform number is a threat, yeah. but they just really don't have a guaranteed guy that's going to go out and replace a former Pro Bowl running back like Kareem Hunt. They don't usually grow on trees yeah <laughs> steve um expectations just initially going in your thoughts on what you're kind of you you know i listened to your podcast the uh, dog pound south the other day and uh you talked a little you were talking a little bit about watson and oh, yeah. um just what I'm are in, your thoughts i'm in yeah. on deshaun watson yes yes you I'm are totally in on deshaun watson although i saw a ranking of current quarterbacks and some mm -hmm. clown listed him as number 26. Really? Uh, two spots above Baker Mayfield. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the guy who's, you know, just looking for, for clicks. So now I saw him listed as high as the number 11 on um, one of the guys over at ESPN this last yeah. week, 11. Yeah. he. I've seen him. Yeah. Between nine and 11. I, I think he's a top 10. I mean, he didn't forget mm -hmm. how to play football. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was rusty. He made bad decisions. Well, he didn't play in 700 games. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, 
I, I think the vibe, like you you mentioned this, John, the vibe in the, the final OTAs was extremely positive. Everybody mm-hmm. was having a great time. Mm-hmm. Let's just hope we get to be, uh, to uh, West Virginia with no no players making uh, any any news <laughs> of any kind. Now, Cross our before, fingers. Before we go I, any further, I had, I had one other battle that I that uh, Joel, the left guard, check his podcast out. What the elf is that? Um, his battle was between Whip, Whip, Whipler, uh, the new kid they got from Ohio oh, the, State. the center, Whipler and Nick Harris. Whipler and Nick Harris, correct. And well, remember, Nick yeah. Harris started his career at Washington as a guard. Yes. And, and then he moved to center. And he's yes. a little small for Small, center. yeah. But Luke Whipler, he will not pass through waivers to the practice squad. Right. I mean, yes. he, he was a so, round one. So talent, is that so. is that mean that I mean Whipler would get the the start? I mean, he would get that potentially. Well, you're if you're looking at the the backup guards, who you got? You got uh, uh, Michael Dunn, mm-hmm. uh, Drew Forbes, uh, the kid they drafted last year, uh, Deaton Dawson, who got hurt in training camp, mm. uh, Gossett, a uh, guy they picked up. Uh, there's another veteran they picked up. Ooh, yeah, he's a former one. Brown. He, this is his second yeah. time around. Yeah. yeah, second time around. And a guy named Martin that they also picked up. Not a stellar group, except Dunn is your emergency center. Unfortunately, he got hurt last year, and that Froholt had to play. Totally out of position. But he would be like your – but if you know if you're a football team and you can have two guards that could also play center – just mm-hmm. in case catastrophe struck again like it did last and, uh, year. Is it Pos- Posick who will be playing center? Posick. He is yeah. your starting center. Yeah, yes. Posick so, was outstanding last season. Top five Big center. Surprise. Top five center. Yeah, that it position is taken me. care of. Nick Harris. Surprise. Andrew they Barry like finds Nick offensive Harris. linemen. All right, let me well, let me pose this Drew question. Yeah. played center for, uh, for the Browns uh, in preseason. Uh, a couple times he can play center mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Dunn can play center. Everybody yeah. plays center on the Browns. Dawson Deaton plays center. Yeah, Who doesn't he play, play center. center? Pardon? I don't. You don't play center. Oh, what's your problem? Does Colby Gossett play center? I don't know. He probably does. I don't think so. He could. Uh, but, but that's what we'll, we'll find this out in training camp. Because they like yeah. to do that early in training camp after yeah. the probably the Hall of Fame game because they only have one practice prior to the Hall of Fame game. Which well, I'm still yeah, I don't know. Colby Gossett has been in the NFL for about four years. I'd be very surprised if he didn't get some reps at center by now. Well, the the other guy they signed, uh, Martin, he's been in the league, I think, five years. Yeah. So, um, Worst case scenarios, best case scenarios for the season – as we move in, you know, from training camp into the season, let's start with worst case scenarios, things that you would really go, oh, gosh, this is going to really affect the team. Steve, let's start with you. What would be something that 17. Would be... <laughs> That's it. That's my list. Oh, yeah. okay. 17. <laughs> now, I talked well, about know, three. We're... Yeah. <laughs> we're Browns fans, so. You know, everybody's going to throw in a little. Well, know, I threw it. I threw out the three players. There, but on my oh, uh, seventeen is my yeah. worst case scenario. The um, and we're starting over again, and I'm too old for this crap. Aren't we? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me just, Steve, we'll stick with <clears> you <throat> on this one. Best case scenario. Don't now. Don't say seventeen and zero. What's wrong with seventeen and zero? <laughs> okay, I love seventeen and zero. No, but I'll, I'll I'll coach it. How about Super Bowl? No, that seriously, be, I, I think that should be the objective every, every year. That's Why it. Not? That's every team. Yes, from uh, from the uh, a, uh, no Kansas brainer. City Chiefs all the way what down to the Arizona for? Cardinals. That's what they're here for. Yes, <laughs> Elliot. What would your um, what would your a uh, worst case scenario be for the team? Yeah, I mean Browns. Well, look, we've got a quarterback that has had two ACL surgeries, and he likes to run. Let's 
own that's up a to very that. good got a quarterback. I don't think we've talked about has, that enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we also have uh, $200 million of guaranteed money invested in him uh-huh. uh, for the next, I think, four years. Um, no, three years after this, right? So, yes. um now, yeah. I've been told that there's no such thing as the salary cap. Um, I respectfully disagree with that. We'll find out if that ever happens, if that ever uh, comes to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also the possibility that uh, Deshaun Watson might might have some off-the-field issue that we don't know about. There's a risk that uh, that might come back uh, to haunt us and uh, I just don't want that to happen. I think that would be really a major, major disappointment beyond all. Yes. All reality. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's. Okay. So worst case scenario, we kind of addressed that. We've talked about Kevin Stefanski, our coach, in the past, and we've had some various conversations about Kevin and. Obviously, we off air, we were talking about the fact that if the Browns went 0-17 again, that Kevin Stefanski would definitely be at risk of losing his job. Is there any other scenario? (laughs) Yeah, Is there any other chance outside of going 0-17 that Stefanski does not make it through the entire season? Steve, why don't we start with you first? Well, if there is a complete failure with this new offense, which I find hard to believe, I mean, the guy has designed, made uh, Kirk Cousin a playoff quarterback, Baker mm-hmm. Mayfield player quarterback, and Joe, got Jacoby Brissett his best statistical year. So, but if there is just complete chaos, failure on the offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball, I mean, like total disintegration, like huge, discred- just total. Then yeah, that that could happen. The, you know, you you've got to sit there and say, well, uh, this just isn't working. Yeah, and you don't definitely get that sense from uh, Steady Eddie. I call him I, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I don't get that sense of that. I I really don't. But you know, it, anything can happen. And like Elliot said, I mean, we have a quarterback that has past injury concerns and also off the field concerns. Now, do you hold that against this Kevin Stefanski if something like that should happen? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Andrew Barry gets the axe if that happens. But uh, mm-hmm. I just, if there's total offensive failure, okay. I don't see it happening. But total breakdown. Elliot, your your feeling on that? Are you feel the same way? Basically, yes. I think football is a very unpredictable game. We do our best to try to foresee mm-hmm. what might happen and. Uh, the reason why it's so exciting is because it is unpredictable. You have the best mm-hmm. athletes in the world that play this game. It's the hardest game in the world, mm-hmm. uh, but it is not fundamentally predictable. The, the random mm-hmm. variables that are the most important are random injuries right. and off-field incidents that we don't know about. I would say this, that all of us, not just football players, but all of us are one bad decision away from ruining our lives. One bad decision could cost us our jobs, could cost us our family position, could ruin our marriages. Uh, you know, I, let me preach this to the fans who are listening. You are one bad decision from ruining your life. Yeah. There's a lot of bad decisions that you can make that could cause that to happen. So 0-17, I believe, should be widely understood in NFL. It's a competitive business. You can't do that Uh and expect to survive. When the Browns uh, did that and allowed the general manager Uh and the coach to keep their jobs, that was a fundamental mistake. And then they tried to come up with an awkward arrangement in which the offensive coordinator had authority over the head coach. You know, Uh that was a complete mishmash of authority. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Mr. Hasselman never been in the military. That's not the way that you can run a military organization. Mm. It does not work in civilian life. You know, the, the football team is kind of like the military. You cannot do that. Cannot have the privates telling the generals what to do. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should never have been tolerated. Completely dysfunctional. Can't do that. 
but you know things like that something that uh you know we think that well it couldn't happen huh i don't think it'll happen i think that the browns will be successful and uh i think that a successful browns team would surely not fire its head coach if you know if they missed the super uh-huh. bowl by uh one uh, you know uh fluke play or something like that that's not going to uh-huh. get fired uh, but but if they have a miserable season, that's not expected for reasons that we cannot comprehend at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible to predict. This is really, yeah. Really Steve, if you want to say, yeah. Steve, what you prove, yeah. prove Elliot's point about the unpredictability of the NFL, who would ever thought the Browns would go into a game with the Jets with not one starting wide receiver, <laughs> or that you know they're practicing in a parking garage. Or that uh, they would lose, they would be down like last year to their fourth center, and lose their entire starting linebacker core. Hmm. Where at the end hmm. of the season they had two street free agents starting. Yeah, I mean good. that's the yeah. unpredictability about mm-hmm. the NFL. Well, this is not um, unpredictable. We're going to take a break, and after the break, we're going to do our. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Brown's cardiac trivia. And also, we're going to be giving our giveaway. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is the Fanatical Elves show. Thank you for listening. Okay, we are back on the Fanatical Elves show. Boy, that was a long break. Hope you enjoyed all that those was a long break. Wonderful commercials. It's funny. I, I got to. I got hard work. I got to tell you, it's so funny because, like, when these our podcasts get on the platforms depending on when they're put out there and which uh, form uses them, Spotify or Apple or iHeart, they vary the commercials and sometimes they don't have the commercials plugged in yet. So it's funny because sometimes we'll have the commercials and then sometimes I listened to one of our shows earlier this week and I think it was Joel with you, Elliot, and he was like, okay, welcome back. There was no, so We'll see what happens with ours. But anyway. Well, we should make uh, our own commercial. That's right. Yeah. So the <laughs> trivia question today. Is stadium the, mustard. <laughs> Joe Thomas is going into the Hall of Fame. And the trivia question has to do with who was the last Cleveland Brown to go into the Hall of Fame. We don't have too many of them or not of, of recent memory. Mm. So I wanted to go back and share that or get your yeah, Elliot's looking like he's going to throw stones at me here. Um, so, uh, Steve, you mentioned the last uh, off air. Would you share yes. with the uh, the fans that are listening who was the last Cleveland Brown that's been inducted into the Hall of Fame? What year was that? Was it Johnny Manziel? 20, oh no! Unfortunately, no. it wasn't. He's in the SEC Hall of Fame. If you want to count that uh, he's probably in the las vegas hall of fame but it was uh, max speedy in uh 2020 wide receiver right yeah yes wide receiver thus the name speedy speedy he was max speedy uh yeah i think uh, joe thomas will make number 18 18 overall Brown. okay and the last offensive lineman his name was gene hickerson, hickerson. And yep. he played back in the fifties, uh, sixties. Yeah, 60s? he played in. He played into. He played forever. He he was like probably thirty eight, thirty nine years old when he retired. But no, uh, Joe, he, played, he was the guy in front of Jim Brown blocking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you Gene, see him a lot in those Jim Brown highlights. Joe Thomas was amazing, though. I mean, he didn't miss a snap. Um, what 10,000 some 10, career? 663, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what else is amazing? You, you know what else is crazy is that uh, Doug Deacon uh, mm-hmm. might have had you know, they didn't keep track of snaps uh back then, but he might have had uh, about the same number, really. Yeah, nobody knows of him uh, missing a snap, and he played in. A huge number of consecutive games. Yeah. Did he did he true. retire from the radio booth? Did Doug Deacon yep. is he still doing that or no? Last no, year he, he retired. He did retire. Yes. Okay. At the end of last year. Yeah, I think okay. he was having some mobility issues where he was actually physically 
having some difficulty moving around. Yeah, in the, Nathan uh, Nathan Zagura. Nathan Zagura, that's right. And then Jim Donovan is still. I mean, he's kind of recovering. Uh, doing some things with his leukemia is that right mm. leukemia keep our fingers crossed yes keep, keep them in your prayers fans yes. definitely yes. definitely um let joe thomas went to college you guys remember where he went to college before he got Ky drafted number three but community college Kyogre. yes that's it <laughs> great lakes naval academy no mm. that wasn't it no that wasn't uh, it mm. uh, um <laughs> it was a school that had buildings and a football field well, if boys, it was Wisconsin. No. University of Wisconsin at Madison. And yes. what we, Joe Thomas was out there fishing on uh, one of the great lakes. Yeah, yeah that's right. He it's didn't. Fantastic. He didn't attend the event. NFL draft. It's funny. He didn't attend the draft, but then he played every down. I mean, it really speaks to. Well, yeah, that was the more this. important part. Well, it yeah, is. he didn't want to get him. You know, these a lot of the guys go there and then they get embarrassed if they don't get their name called where they're supposed to, and you know, then the cameras like Brady Quinn oh, or Will. Oh, Levis, or... oh my gosh! And you know, they get embarrassed on national TV. He says, "Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go fishing. You tell me where I get drafted, and I'll find out Just about it me. later. I'm going to have fun. Me. Thank you very much." There you go. Um, Elliot, we have come up on the best segment. Now it's, I always like, uh, Joel mentions on his podcast about the, his favorite part of his segment on his show, which is the, he, he hates the Raven, the Raven hate segment, but we're mm. doing the Steeler joke segment. And Elliot, do you have something tonight that you'd like to share? Well, yeah, I do. The, these are uh, true stories. Um, of course. Okay, yeah, this this happened. Uh, there was a Steelers fan that was working at a drugstore. Oh, God. They, they do have drugstores in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of pronounce words a little different in Pittsburgh than they do in Cleveland. But anyway, um, there was a lady who asked the guy who was a Steelers fan, uh, for some help finding Tampax. And uh, the Steelers fan uh, uh, wasn't completely educated about such matters, and he, he <laughs> thought that she was asking for thumbtacks. And so he replies, are you looking for the kind that you hammer in or the kind that you push in with your thumb? That could only happen in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, oh my goodness! I love it. What do you call a, a sellout uh, at, at in Pittsburgh when the, when the Steelers are playing? What do you call a sellout? I would have no the idea. Stadium is packed. Thinking. A full set of teeth. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh man, okay, that's awesome. Any, anybody have another one? <laughs> well, oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> okay, yeah, there was a uh, <clears throat> there was a Cleveland guy who went to went to a bar in Pittsburgh, bar. and there was a very cute uh, Pittsburgh young woman. Yeah, they Pitts, Pittsburgh women are all right, you know, because they, you know corned beef and you know healthy stuff like that just like we do in cleveland and anyway uh she asked a cleveland guy uh if he wanted to potty uh-huh and he said no nah, that's okay i don't need to go <laughs> and then after a while he figured out that what she meant was party but the way she said it was potty and he thought that Honey. she meant go to the bathroom. So. <laughs> you got to understand the the accent if you go to Pittsburgh. That's the Pittsburgh. yes, yes. What is that a sandwich shop in Pittsburgh where they serve the food uh, with the oh Pramani Brothers? Pramani yeah. Brothers. Oh, I love Pramani Brothers. Oh man, that is so awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. Gotta go to Pramani Brothers. They, they had one here, believe it or not, uh, in uh, Beaver Creek, Ohio, uh, for a while, but uh, it didn't survive COVID. And now okay. it's something else. But, oh, man, that is so awesome. Pramani Brothers is the greatest sports bar. So, yeah, I got to go to Pramani Brothers if you go to Pittsburgh. All right, guys, tell me what something that we uh, want to know about the Browns. Anything extra that we uh, are did you know segment about the Brownies uh, that uh, our fans might not know that maybe something historically uh, we've we've done our Pittsburgh jokes. So that's 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 good. <laughs> um, Steve, you got anything good tonight? No, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, after that uh, Steeler segment I, I you, you gave us your all there with that stadium joke with the uh, full yeah, set of teeth just, I, uh, you know, <laughs> i'm kind of uh <laughs> well i do know i do know the browns need to uh, win the division to now that, and that has the happen- playoff that really Since hasn't 1989 happened 1989 and it was the afc north that's the last i mean time think about that that's 34 years yeah 89 oh I mean, we say they have to do it, but we haven't done it in 34 years. I know. I just. I, I know, and they won it three out of four years. The the uh, 88 year, they were a wild card, but uh, yeah. Okay. And that was the AFC North, so haven't won mm. the division AFC Central. I mean, do you AFC, think? I mean, the the uh, whole South or North. The first four games, I uh, mentioned this in an article for Dog Pound Daily. I don't know if he's released it or not yet this week. Um, but I talked about the different parts of their schedule and different stretches in their season. And, and we've talked about this before on this show and other shows. But I, that first four games, I mean, it's hard for any team, the first you know, quarter of the season. And it's no different for any of the other teams in the AFC North. They all play one another in that first five weeks. Correct. But it's just one of those things where I just I, – I think they have to get off to a halfway decent start, at least win one game, hopefully two. If they go for oh, – I think they'll win get, more, than, more than one game. Well, and the, the one mean, thing about yeah. the – yeah, the Bengals, you know, it's opening week. It's a home opener. But we're, we are 8-2 and two against the Bengals since uh, 2018. We're 5-1 right. under, under Stefanski. And, the, and we only right. lost for the first time last year to – Joe Burrow. So yeah, game two. Yeah. So really we're, we're in um, a good position and there's gonna be a lot of hype going into that game. I just hope that the pressure, you know, the Browns can play through that and, and play well as, as a group. I mean, it'll be the first time for a lot of things. So um, very true. Did, very did true. You know, new offense, uh, new defense. Yeah. But Elliot, extra and, week and, of training camp. It's true. Ellie, anything you'd like us to know about the Browns history or? Yes. Yes. I, I do have some recent history. You probably do know this, but uh, we talked about going 0 and 17. Uh, one of the reasons why we did go 0 and 17 was because um, uh, our dear general manager, Sashi Brown, who actually had the right basic idea, mm-hmm. uh, traded Joe ba- or actually cut Joe Hayden because he wanted to save $4 million off the salary cap, even though Joe Hayden was uh, really a, at that time, uh, $11 million man. And, um, you know, he had had a bad year the year before, but he played the whole year needing surgery. And I can't believe that he played, uh, never mind played at an acceptable level. It Mm -hmm. wasn't his normal self, but he still played. And he was an alternate to the Pro Bowl. But anyway, so he had the surgery. He was back, uh, but they cut him anyway, and uh, it was uh, not a football move. It was purely a smarty pants uh, salary cap move. was cut, signed by the Steelers, and that's one of the reasons why the Browns were able to go 0-17 and get the first overall draft pick. But uh, when Joe Hayden retired, remember? Yes, he retired as a Cleveland Brown, despite, you know, really being screwed by the Browns, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, losing his multi-million dollar contract. Yes. For not a good football reason. Right. Um, he came back to the Browns um, because he really felt loved by the 
Cleveland fans by us, not by the front office. And I saw that. I saw that firsthand in October back in um, the Cavs uh, had a game on the night before Halloween. And then the Browns played uh, Cincinnati. And I think that was the game that he was honored at um, or he was there because um, he was at the Cavs game. And after the game, I was I was there after the game waiting for the players. And Joe Hayden was literally like 10 feet away from me taking um, photos and whatnot. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Joe Hayden. I love Joe Hayden. I was so mad. And in fact, it's in my blog. I predicted that you can't, you know, do this kind of move and keep your job as a general manager. This is going to backfire. This is not a smart move. Um, And ultimately, of course, Sashi Brown did not survive the season for doing stupid things like that. Yeah, although I, sure. I think the, the idea about rebuilding by cutting cap and hoarding draft picks was the right idea at that time, mm-hmm. but you can't make a, a move where you uh, trade a, a Pro Bowl caliber player in order to save four million dollars. That makes no sense. No, and, um, and so also yeah, shout a- out to Joe Hayden. Jo- jo- Joe Hayden was somebody that loved us, and we love you right back, man. Yeah, absolutely. You also can't get rid of a, a veteran uh, defensive player, uh, a leader on that defense. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that made no sense. That there's no, no football sense you, you can't do that. It's like, nope. yeah, cut out. And the, now Sashi Brown is uh, uh, team president of the Baltimore Ravens. So. <laughs> yeah, well, and then there's <laughs> chaos in Baltimore now. So what do you expect? Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> You know, or they're they're trading away their defense and you know getting overpriced wide receivers to placate their quarterback it doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, we'll see. We'll right. see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll be winning all their games fifty to forty nine. I don't know. We'll see how it works out for them. Yeah, hey, nobody, everybody mentions the Browns have a, a will have a new offense in the AFC North. Nobody talks about the Ravens will have a new offense in the AFC North. Very so, much so. Yeah, completely different offense uh, going away from uh, dump offs and long passes to your tight end to try to open it up with Todd Munkin to that high quality wide receiver group they have over there in Baltimore. Yeah, it worked so well and for the, the Browns in 2019. Oh, yeah. Why not bring Didn't it to it? Baltimore? Why not? <laughs> Hey, so um, we want to give away our, our giveaway. So I have a winner. Let's give away, let's give away we, a giveaway. We have a, we have a winner. Our winner this Yay! week, for the, um, we're giving away the keychain and the keychain uh, necklace or, you know, the holder. Lanyard. Lanyard, thank you. You're welcome. So our winner is, <laughs> his name is George Mallory. At Way to go, Brown- George. At Browns for Life 18, and he follows go. the show and he retweets our giveaways. And so, congratulations to George! Way to go! He's a big Browns fan. He has a little miniature Cleveland Brown uh, guy up there. Um, so we're 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 thinking he's a Browns fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll reach out. Well, to if him. he's got the if he's got the D4L in his Twitter handle, then he is a dog for life. Absolutely. So we're excited to give that away and we'll have more giveaways coming up at the start of this next week. We're coming into the fourth. Yeah. We're going to have the 4th of July. We've got a lot of things coming up this weekend. We got um, our new show, the stadium mustard show, which I talked about. What about the mustard? Yeah. What about the mustard? (laughs) Um, And uh, 4th of July again is next Tuesday. Folks, we're going to be doing our, our podcasting. We may alter some of our shows because of the, holiday next week but we will have hopefully our full plate of uh podcasters out there we all are contributors to various uh groups uh, from dog pond daily to cleveland sports talk to northeast sports insiders so um final thoughts on the evening guys i appreciate you being here uh we'll start with you elliot uh final thoughts on the evening and happy fourth okay well yeah i didn't get to really um throw in my two cents about the sean watson but i i do think that he's um I do think he's improving and that uh, he'll probably be um, 
about top 10. I don't think he's going to be a whole lot better than Baker Mayfield. Uh, but I think um, I think that they did have to make a move because uh, Baker lost the locker room uh, mm. about as badly as you can lose it. You don't know the half over of the OBJ <laughs> affair. I think that really is what did him in. I the, think there was the, yeah. no way for him to stay on the team, and and also because uh, he didn't uh, step down for Case Keenum and uh, lost a bunch of games that the Browns could have possibly won. Uh, you know, it's not like Case Keenum was going to take away his starting job. I mean, come on. No. Case, Ke- Case Keenum was 45 years old, and I uh, was just going to hand the ball off right. and throw about three passes a game. He was no threat. And uh, so I think those kinds of uh, – those factors, I think, made it impossible for Bakers to stay. Especially okay, wow. because Andrew took OBJ's side on the dispute. Uh, also, also, I have heard that uh, he would change plays that were sent into the. Uh, oh, really? And kind of hacked off the coaching staff. Oh boy! Why yeah. he was still in there, I have no idea. I I know why. Yeah, I can yeah. tell you exactly why because he was so immensely popular. And he would have cried if they'd have taken him out. I'm healthy. I can throw. Look, I can right. throw the ball 80 miles an hour. And right. Yeah, I, I can see exactly what would have happened. And they would fire Stefanski. He's not playing me. That's, yeah, that's a very good Baker imitation, though. Yeah. No, that really is. You, very know, you, could, you really go back and you look at the whole that whole scenario, and then. You look at Stefanski's background. You are you really if you really go back and study Stefanski, and learn how how he was and what he was doing even out of high school, and all the things that he did along the way, and then you have him working with a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, um, just an interesting, just uh, just uh, you know oil and oil and or gasoline and you know water. Oh. Just they they were just polar opposites. He and, felt uh, he had no choice but to support his quarterback, basically. Yeah. You know, he could persuade true. Baker to sit down, but I, I don't feel he could force Baker to sit down. And Baker yeah, no, then he would sit been down. On, yeah. He would have been on the phone have... to Jay Glazer, uh, like in a heartbeat. Exactly. They're trying to sit me. They're trying to bench me. Yeah. They hate me. <laughs> they hate me. <laughs> I'll show them. I'll go to Carolina. No, but anyway, <laughs> final uh, Steve, final thoughts in the evening. Uh, well, I'm just uh, impatiently waiting to find out what other players are going to be suspended for this uh, their stupidity over gambling. Um, a former Buckeye and uh, Titan offensive lineman got six games today. Petite. Oh, Ferrer. they did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in other words, weakening one of their weakening most weakest position groups for the first mm. six games, and his excuse was, "Well, I didn't bet on on football. Read the rules. Come on, just you know the, the NFL has only explained this like five times, <laughs> right? You know, right? And and the coaching staff should also explain it five times. Uh, but that's this, not and, enough. You know, explain it every know, day. Explain every day, every you day. Come in. But, but yeah, so, don't don't yeah. draft dumb players. You can't you can't well, do that. What really hacks me off here in Nashville is when they talk about something bad happened to the Titans, and then they go to they talk about with a banner, you know, NFL gambling policy. What do they show? They show Browns games where something bad happens to the Browns. I, I my wife's got the TV on in the other room, and here I'm watching Indianapolis run a a kickoff return for a touchdown against the Browns. What does that have to do with the Titans losing a player for six games? It, it never <laughs> fails. It never fails. Stop it. But anyway, I'm looking forward to training camp. I really am. Yeah. Uh, now I'm... that Deshaun Watson has uh, paid off his uh, travel agent and he's back on the continent. So, uh, and guys, I just wanted to let you know, and the fans don't see us on if they're not watching live. But uh, we are. We talked about this off air, but our uh, we have a new podcaster we've talked to a, a couple times um, who's joined us in the past, Sam Britton. Yeah. And actually, Sam popped on here for a split second. 
and uh, he lives I out there. I think he realized at the time wrong. Yes, he did. I just got a text message from Sam. Great, great kid um, from uh, the Dallas area, and he will be joining us in future shows. And he has his own show called The Browns Breakdown, and I was happy to join him earlier this week. He put that out. I think we've got it on our Fanatical Elves Network, um, so you can check that out. But Sam is a rising star, and I imagine he will be doing lots of things. Um, Very talented young man with with podcasting and whatnot. So the just sky's like, the limit uh, for this kid. Very talented young man, just like uh, you and uh, Elliot and Joel. No, we're well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, there, Steve. We. <laughs> uh, hey guys, thank you very much for being here. This is the Fanatical Elves Show, and again, this is Steve Gill up there, and we've got Elliot, the the Village Elliot, down there, and they contributors to our network we contribute to dog pound daily the dog pound south they've got their own shows football philosophy i'll have a, I'll have a podcast on monday excellent i will definitely have a podcast on monday. dog pound south um where it's everything that you're not cleveland uh and uh we love a that view from the outside yes a view from the outside and so elliot thank you again for being here as well guys everybody have a great night again go browns and we'll talk to you very soon. Take Go care. Brown. Take care.